Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, fuckos? How's everyone doing? How's my archery unfiltered friends and family? My crew? Uh, did you guys know Lancaster's going down right now? <laughs> Hell Yes. One of my favorite events of the year uh, to watch. I would always, I like, it's my dream to compete in Lancaster one day, but, uh, you know, it's so close to Vegas, so far away. It's going to have to be one year where I uh, forego Vegas to go try out this Lancaster thing. Uh, but, man, it is such an awesome event. Um, I got a lot of people sending me pictures of Bob Eiler. <laughs> They're like, look who's here, Bob Eiler. Of course Bob Eiler's going to be there, man. That guy's a... Indoor is his game. Weed or no weed. Uh, substance or no substance. Is, uh, that is Bob's jam. And, uh, you know, he's with a bunch of other dudes that are also... Like his, the, the Martin guys that roll deep together. If you ever notice, those Martin guys, they all fucking crush it at indoor. Um... It's kind of like it's kind of their jam. Uh, Cody Seitz is one of those guys, also, who's just. I had the pleasure of shooting with Cody on a on a bale, in uh, flights one year, and he shot the full nine hundred. Like he he went all the way to the end, and it was an amazing thing to see. Um, Cody's a beast. All those guys are beasts, but not they are not as beastly. As his 14-year-old boy, Bodie Turner. <laughs> Bodie Turner, as you guys know, I've talked about him here and there on the podcast. This is Joel Turner's son, the Shot IQ guy, his son, went to Lancaster, shot in the men's open pro class, and smoked it. He shot a 660. And when, when I looked at the scores, I was just... I was driving home from work, and not on my phone because that's illegal, but I just happened to glance down and see what the scores were for um, the Lancaster Classic. And the thing that opens up first, that I always open up first, is the Open Pro. Like, let's see how the Open Pros are doing. And when I saw Bodie's name at the top and his score, a 660, just so you guys know, uh, Xs are 11s. So a 660 is two back-to-back 330Xs. Uh... When I saw that, I flashed to the scene. And you guys remember that movie, The Watchmen? There's this moment in The Watchmen where it's like right after Doctor Manhattan. Doctor Manhattan is like this, uh, like, what's the word? Omnipotent being. He's like this godly being that was made out of a kind of like a nuclear intrinsic field accident. I don't want to nerd out too much on you guys because you're gonna lose respect for me. Um, but basically this guy turns himself into a God, if not God himself, right? Or at least a physical incarnation of God. And everyone's sitting around. They're like, holy crap, God exists. And he's an American, right? There's this line in this movie where everyone's kind of like wrapping their head around it. And I'm like floored. Like uh, a 660 at Lancaster exists, and it's Bodie Turner, and and I mean, if you guys follow Bodie, he's a you know 29x, 30x all all day, right? That's one thing to do it in your backyard, uh, at not not in his physical backyard, but like in his home state, he's he's doing it at like the triple X events and all that. 
or triple x archery events or the badlands event or whatever but then he rolls to lancaster and shoots against the giants in our sport and just 30x 30x i i never thought i would see this right now granted i just got my ass kicked by like a 14 year old a week ago so i know it exists <laughs> but this it's like i i'm just floored I, i'm stunned all right now now let me tell you guys who's in second place this is second seed kyle douglas third seed or not seed all right but this is kind of like it's going to be a Lancaster shoot up, right? And I'm not sure if these guys still have matches to do. If they gotta, if they gotta do matches to then get to the the stage, the shoot up on stage. But the this the current ranks are Bodie in first, Kyle Douglas in second. Kyle Douglas is tied with Dave Cousins, so you know those two guys, second and third. Uh, a fourth dude just named Robert, <laughs> six fifty eight. Schlosser is fifth. A Dane Johnson is 658. Stefan Hansen's in 7th. Braden Galantine's in 8th. Richard Bubba Bowen is 657. Jacob Marlowe in 10th. Uh, Chris is 657. Guys and Carter, 656. Chris Schaff, 656. And 13th, Cody Seitz, 655. And it goes on from there. Jesse Broadwater is further down on the list. Uh, Jacob Pettit, Rio Wild. It's just crazy. And so I think they take the top 30 guys or 32 guys and make them all shoot off and they whittle that number down, right, in a match or some matches. But God damn, how crazy. I don't think my boy, well, Bob Eiler's 36. If they take the top 30 or 32, my boy Bobby didn't make it. Damn. But, man, can you... It's just nuts. Steve Anderson shot a 650. What's nuts, guys, is it's, it's weird to work the scores out in your head because X's are 11s, right? So just for example, let me just take uh, Bob Eiler shot 652, all right? 652 divided by two games is 326. So Bob Eiler might have shot 26X 300s back-to-back and if you're able to shoot 26 x 300s that's good enough to land you in 36th place amazing like this is the the level of shooting is just oh it's beyond me it it, for a minute i almost thought why am i even doing this here's a kid who's shooting 30 x's and he's not even he can't even drive a car yet here I am, uh, much later in life, uh, just trying to keep my stomach from jiggling when I brush my teeth in the morning. And I'm like, you know, this on a good day, I can throw down a, a high 20s 300. But if you put me at Lancaster, who knows? I might just... I might shit my pants and throw nothing but zeros all day. I don't know. I, I have never shot in that in Lancaster pressure. But uh, holy smokes. This is crazy times we're, we're living in right now. I mean, uh, this, you know, we got a kid in Northern California, Caleb Cuiocho, shooting 300s. And he's 13. So it's just like. Man, I don't even know. <laughs> you know, it really makes you. Uh, it really makes you wonder. I I do have goals now, though. I I mean, I've always had a goal. My goal this year was to shoot a thirty x. I got one in practice, and then I just want. I mean, my practice doesn't really count. I mean, it doesn't count. But you know, you can do it once you do it in practice. You know, you can. You're capable of it. Um. And, you know, I, I kind of wanted to just win all the indoor events in uh, Central and Northern California. And I just, just shy of, just shy of the goal. That's kind of like my life story. It's like, you got it, but just shy.
So that's kind of that's kind of life. That's kind of why life is a, a beautiful thing. Is it's never perfect black and white. It's always got some some graininess to it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's still beautiful. You still gotta love it. Life is good. Uh, but man, talk about uh, Bodie Turner putting the fear of God in me. Jesus. Um, let's see. Vegas. This is the Friday night, the last Friday night we have before Vegas. Uh, I'm I'm sure all of you shot your last league nights, you know, at your shops. Um, I hope you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so tired. I hope you guys aren't trying to change shit now. I hope everyone is. I mean, little tweaks here and there. I understand, you know. Don't I hope no one's doing anything drastic, nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, here we go. We're going to Vegas. Uh, um, you know, I hate to sound like a shill, but I'm gonna have a bunch of Archer and Filtered T-shirts. I got mediums, larges. I got I got all the sizes. I'll have them in. I'll take as many as I can fit in my bow case. All right. Um, if you guys want any. That would be awesome. You guys help support the show. For everyone that's already ordered one from me, like I can't be more grateful. You guys uh, are just paying to help get the name out. Because I'm not making any money on these shirts. I'm not smart enough to do that. In Vegas, uh, if any of you guys want to shoot with me, if you guys want to meet up at one of the practice halls and shoot, I'll be more than happy to come shoot with you. Um, I, I should tell you guys... I'm not a coach, even though this is kind of a coaching show. Um, I'm not a coach, so don't expect me to sit there and look at your form or your gear. And, you know, that's not what my time is going to be in Vegas for. I'm, I'm going to Vegas to have fun, as you should be as well. So if you want to get together and shoot, I would love to throw arrows with you, whoever it may be. Uh you know, drop me a line. We'll meet up at a hall. Like, <laughs> my dream would be to shoot great uh, when I have to, and then shoot with a bunch of cool people outside of you know, outside of the or not outside of the venue, but outside of us actually shooting. Um, I just wanted to say um, a big thanks. To my buddy Tim, his name's Tim Moen. He's sh- a bow hunter, freestyle shooter. He went to Lancaster. Um, he just missed the cut. Um, Tim's been like kind of an inspirational uh, figure for me because he shoots really good scores for a, b- a bow hunter, freestyle shooter. And I know that's like a weird thing to say. It's kind of like um. Oh, good for that class, but you have to understand that Bowhunter Freestyle is a very difficult class, and uh, Tim was, like, asking me questions to get ready for Lancaster, and I felt honored by that because, you know, it's a different, we're shooting different disciplines ultimately, but he felt like uh, I could help him somehow, and so, you know, he set up the ham skia, you know, I think he built some arrows, of the style and he's been shooting great. Like he's been shooting the highest he's shooting the highest bow hunter indoor scores I've ever seen. It wasn't I guess the the pressure at Lancaster wasn't for him but or it didn't help him this time but uh he had uh, a question before practice started and he had asked me like hey you know should I you know I shoot at this time. I haven't shot yet. Should I go and check out the scores? And see what I'm up against. And my advice to him was no. (laughs) I said it really doesn't matter. You know what those scores are going to be. If if the scores are outrageously high. It's going to just. You're going to feel this pressure. To you know. Someone out there is going to shoot an insanely high score. And you're going to want to. You're going to put that pressure on yourself. You know. So I told him. That uh, no one else deserves his focus, right? He's there for himself. Just go and focus on yourself. Focus on your shooting. Uh, 
Like you're someone who was it? Someone told me like your job is to execute good shots. That's it. That's the only job you have. Very simple. And it made a lot of sense to me. And, um, you know, what does it mean to shoot good shots? Well, it kind of means don't not letting those shots run away from you. I kind of said this on the last one, you know, just maintaining control all the time. And I, I get it. What Joel Turner saying is a controlled shot. It's like at no point, he's not saying point it and punch the trigger. A controlled shot is one that at no point did you go, oh, bang. You know what I mean? Or, oh, 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 bang. A controlled shot is just there, 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 bang. There it is. If that makes sense. I'm not stoned, you know. I haven't gotten high in quite some time. You can kind of hear it in my voice. Can you guys tell? And the way I speak, I sound much more like I'm running for office when I haven't smoked in X number of weeks. When I smoke, I, I definitely sound like a like a dirty hippie, but maybe that's because I am. <laughs> Let's see. Um, okay, cool question from my buddy Rob. He said, Wendell, do you do tiller tuning? Uh, and if so, what's the benefit? I, I do not do tiller tuning. Um, what tiller tuning is, now I believe this is like a recurve thing that has been carried over to compound, but it is where you adjust one of your limb bolts to, to like <laughs> let off some of the the limb tension you know so if like your limbs are dialed all the way in you're shooting 60 pounds right if you dial one limb all the way out and the other limb all like i'm sorry not all the way out if you take one turn out of the top one turn out of the bottom you'll drop your bow a couple pounds right now if you take only one turn out of just the top you'll take out less than a couple pounds but the bow will also kick a certain way now. It'll, I, I imagine it will hold a different way also because now your limbs are pulling against you. When you're at full draw, they're pulling against you slightly differently. And I've, I've heard this be suggested for if you're dipping out the bottom, right? If you're dipping out the bottom, you can give your top limb a little, just a little crack with, a, uh, with an Allen wrench and it'll pull you up or something, you know? Either that's turning it in or turning it out. I don't know what. The guy that taught me to shoot used to do this, where he would take an Allen wrench. If he felt like he was dipping out the bottom, and he would just, he, I swear, it was like a one-hundredth of a turn. He would turn this Allen wrench like a hair on his top limb pocket, and then he'd be like, there we go. Now, did that actually do anything? Realistically, no. I, I would argue that that did nothing. And that was more of a placebo effect for him. Right? Um, some people can do, you know, some people do this for whatever reason. I think most people don't. I think it's, I think you're, I'll tell you guys why I don't do it. All right? I shot this bow a long time ago called a PSE Moneymaker. Now, I know you're thinking, man, that was out years ago. Wendell, you must have been shooting forever. No, actually, I just have a... I, I, I got a thing for old bows. Because, <laughs> you know, you ever have that thing where you're like, man, when you were a kid, you were like, oh, when I have money, I'm going to buy all the toys, right? Well, uh, that's me, right? When I first started archery, I didn't have any money. I was, I was making like $12 an hour. Um... Now I have I have money, <laughs> but I also have a wife and kids, so I don't have any money anymore. <laughs> but there's like a perverted middle ground there where I can afford really old target bows. <clears throat> so every so often I'll buy a really old target bow just to play around with. Uh, at one time I bought a PSE Moneymaker, and I put you know so cams that were on the Dominator. I put that on the Moneymaker got a custom string made all this stuff it was like a truly one of one money maker 
And now on the PSE Moneymaker, each limb has its own bolt and like pocket thing. So you can adjust each limb differently. So you could take a, a turn out of... And the idea behind this was if you torque the bow one way or the other, you could take turns out of your top left and uh, bottom left. You could take like a turn out of those limbs. And then when you shot, the bow would torque the opposite. You know, it would resist your hand torque. And you could correct paper. You know, you could correct... Uh, right tears, left tears, whatever, with this system, right? Obviously, obviously, this was an extremely successful system because we still use that on all bows today, right? Now, um, what that did was you had, like, I remember playing with this system and that bow would violently torque in whatever direction you wanted it to when the shot broke. <laughs> and that was not, with not a lot of, you know, turning a limb out. It shot the best when all four limbs were turned all the way in or, you know, evenly dialed out to your preferred draw thing. <sighs> so, on my target bows now, I just run them even, you know? You don't want any violent torque, even if it's countering the torque that you're putting in, right? Or going in the opposite direction. You want to counter your torque with your back bar, all right? Or with proper form and hand placement alignment, whatever. Okay? Or with your grip. Those are the you know, those are the ways I would suggest battling torque. But because of that, because of that experience, I do not do this tiller tuning thing. I feel like it's a placebo effect thing, if not fucking up a harmonious system. And excuse my French, but um that yeah, it just seems like a bad idea to me. Um, I would think if you were going for that kind of effect, if you were going for the, I'm going to do something wacky or, or I'm going to do something out of alignment for ergonomic reasons, it would be like running top cam first, right? That's about as, that's about as wacky as I can think of, you know, top cam hitting first, advanced top cam. I'm sure some people might out there might disagree, but I think the the consensus amongst high-level shooters would be something similar. Um, again, not that that means anything, you know, but it is something to consider. I, the, the one thing that I'm looking at with the top pros, the top shooters, they're not getting any advantage out of their gear, okay? The bow, the gear, they're not getting an advantage, but their gear is not hindering them at all. And the more I shoot, especially indoor, the more I realize your gear plays such a small part in shooting a like a, a high X three hundred. The thing that really is important is your mental game. And I know a bunch of people are probably listening, going, "Fuck, come on, man! Like, just give me a an arrow build so I can at least hit a three hundred. And it's like. You know, maybe maybe I can give you an arrow build and maybe you'll you'll hit a 300, but you want to hit it all the time? It's going to be mental. You want high X count? It's mental. It's, it's you focusing and, and managing that shot as it breaks. And I have a book called The Mind of a Champion. And I'm considering... I'll do it for you guys. I won't do it for just me. But I'll take ex excerpts out of that book, or uh, passages. Maybe I'll, I'll paraphrase certain parts and then share it with you guys. Because uh, I think I think we all have a lot to to gain here. I think um, the thing that's holding a lot of us back from getting to that next level is just the mental thing, you know. Um, again, there's. There's like the confidence, there's the mental game, there's focus, where you got to stay focused while you're shooting, don't let your mind wander off. There's also like something that I, I try to battle, which is, uh, I think it's hubris, is the word, hubris, which is like an undeserved sense of cockiness, or just thinking you're right about everything. 
And I know I do this because sometimes someone will say something about, nah, <laughs> that's dumb, no, <laughs> or guess, you know, so surely. But if you listen to this show, I flip-flop on everything. And it's only because I test, I test things, right? I'll normally tell you guys my opinion. I'll test something, and then I'll tell you, okay, I was wrong, or I was right, or in between. <laughs> so, anyway, I hope uh, I hope that is somewhat inspiring to you guys that you're probably a perfectly fine shooter. You just got to clean clean the shit out of your brain. <laughs> In the sweetest way I can possibly say it. Let's see. What else do I got on the list? Oh, thumb barrel testing. So, as you guys know, I was a hinge shooter. And then I went running for the thumb button. So, I became this True Ball Abyss fan. And uh, started playing around with different thumb button sizes. Believe it or not. Like, there's always... I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing with freestyle archery. There's just always stuff that you can fiddle with to customize things. And so what I wanted, was a, what I thought I wanted, was a smaller peg. A peg that would fit into the th- my thumb joint, right? Not, the, uh, not deep into my hand, like the, like the crotch of my thumb, right? But just that first thumb joint, the first after the, the the thumbnail, you know? And I wanted that nice feeling where it would kind of hook in there and then I could pull through the shot. Well, I got I got one. I ordered a brass knob from Xoki, right? Very cool customer service. I think it was his wife that answered the message on uh, Instagram. I just hit them up and said, hey, can I get a knob? And they were like, yeah, what size do you want? Um, and they kind of gave me the rundown. Well, you can get this size with this, you know, this uh what's the word um feature you know and i was like i just want a basic knob it doesn't have to be anything special i like the a lot of knobs are drilled offset so that you can um pivot the knob around to find a sweet spot that's pretty cool but anyway i got a three eighths i believe and thought i liked it at first but my groups were kind of crappy and then my um I started getting hung up a little bit. And I was like, that's so weird because it feels really comfortable. Um, But something about relaxing my hand, like just relaxing my hand and having that button land right like in that perfect spot in my thumb with my hand relaxed made it much harder to shoot. Uh, I guess what ended up working for me was switching to a 5 eighths thumb barrel and then opening my my hand up just a little bit and then resting my thumb on it because uh because when i pulled now my my hand naturally wants to close a little bit and as my hand closes that's what triggers the button so how about that i thought one thing tested it it didn't quite go the way i thought it would go went to a larger button against what my theory would be for what would feel better and holy smokes, it's way freaking better. I can't believe it. So there's that. I am also like my hands are hurting from shooting the abyss. This is a really weird thing because I, I generally, I mean, I've shot hours and hours and never, my hands have never hurt. But the True Ball Abyss has a very narrow index finger um, like ring, I guess. And when I'm pulling, the narrowest narrowness of this release is actually like hurting the a nerve or something in my index finger. I know most of you are probably like, who cares, right? <laughs> but because of that, I ended up going back to my hinge. Like it hurt so bad, I went back to the hinge. And I'm so sad because I shot really good with the Abyss this year. Or this out indoor season. I went back to my um, True Ball HT Pro. My old brass uh, release. Started shooting it. Uh, it's set up with a click because I watched the Blake Jerome video a long time ago. And I had never switched it back to no click. And holy crap, man. Shooting shooting this uh, hinge is, is wild. And I naturally am getting really good success shooting it 
this Dave Cousins method of shooting. Now, if you guys watch Blake's video on YouTube, great video. And most really good shooters will shoot their hinge like how Blake says, which is where you come into anchor, the release clicks at anchor, then you can start aiming, then you start working your shot, right? The Dave Cousins method is what he taught us at um, like a seminar years ago was that you come into anchor, you aim, just like half-assedly aim, right? Uh, relax your hand. When the release clicks, uh, aim and pull. Like, like you, you, what's the word? Steady up your aim. You improve your aim until that release clicks. And then he says that click is like a recurve clicker where you stop relaxing your hand and then you start pulling with your, you know, middle ring finger, back elbow, whatever. So he says he uses it like a, that's how he uses it, a recurve clicker. Aiming, 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 click, bang. And he says to think of it like an RPM meter where, you know, you're, as you're aiming, and pulling you are going up the rpm meter you're relaxing your hand and then when you hear that click that rpm meter goes up more bang i love the analogy and i naturally went to shooting like that it's not how i used to shoot a click when i used to shoot a click it was like a uh, very cold slow release you know, relax, 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 click, relax, 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 bang. That's how I used to shoot. Now it's like, uh, get on the target, half-assedly aim, click, now pull it, click, uh, and bang. And uh, it was, it's working. It's insane. Um, I do feel like it's a little bit of a liability to be switching. I, I, I'm pretty sure I said at the beginning of this episode is that I hope you guys aren't switching anything. I just did this for a practice because my index finger was hurting. I have a Carter, believe it or not, this thing's called a Carter Gorilla. And I believe it was named after Greg Poole himself. Um, pretty neat, pretty neat Carter release. Thumb button, uh, that's it right there. <laughs> no adjustable spring tension, none needed. And it's right there. I might be, I might be rolling this thing in Vegas because it's a thumb button and it doesn't hurt my fingers when I'm shooting it. My fingies. <laughs> so it's just something right there. Like I wanted to tell you guys, you can gain a lot. You can gain a lot by just fiddling with little things for ergonomics. Do it way ahead of time. Don't do it like you know day of an event or whatever. Let's see. I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but Jesse Broadwater had this cool thing on his Instagram about linking bars together. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but it was kind of interesting where he took two stabilizers, his front bar and his back bar. He's like screwed them in together. And then he balanced it on his finger. Oh, so, so I, hope I, I hope none of you guys are driving to work early in the morning and you're just hearing me yawn, yawn into the microphone. <laughs> Um, but Jesse Broadwater is balancing two bars on his finger. And he's saying that the angle that that bar is tilted is your balance. And he's like, if I want to try a different bar, I'll link them together, hold them up and see what the balance is and see it, make sure it's kicked at the same angle. Now, is that legitimate? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, here's why I think he's bullshitting <laughs> and he might not be, but I believe he's bullshitting because if you go to a different bar, ultimately you want a different balance, right? If I'm going to switch to a 24 inch front bar, I want the balance to be different. No, am I wrong? I would, I would assume that you're starting all over as far as figuring out what weight you're going to put on the front of that. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but it's interesting. It's something for you guys to to figure out. I don't know if you guys out there are switching between, you know, different length bars or not. 
but uh, if you are, that, that would be a cool thing to experiment with. For myself, I'm very happy with a 30 front bar, a 30 inch front bar, 15 inch back bar. I have not swayed from that in all of indoor season now. <laughs> Pretty cool. I uh, I wouldn't mind trying a longer bar and mount it from the front, but one step at a time. One step at a time. Let's just get through Vegas first. Speaking of, um, after Vegas, I am going to start season two of this show. I'm going to have a different intro. Uh, I'm going to ge- start gearing up for outdoor stuff. Change my tone. Less less indoor practice talk, you know. I hope um, all this talk about indoor for the past few months has been fun for you guys. I hope some of it's been beneficial. Um, I think I talked to you guys last time about the outlaws. There are four events. I think the last time I talked about Outlaws, I was wrong. and I said there's only three. But that's because I was quoting something a buddy told me and not quoting a, a solid source. My solid source now is Sandoval. Well, it's actually the Outlaw website now. <laughs> but there's four events, right? Um, I think all the dates are listed on the Outlaw thing. You know, it's basically going to be Lodi. I'm sorry. It's going to be Redding with the spring fever warm-up dealie. Then it will be Lodi. Then it will be... Oh, man, what is it? Not the June shoot. Yeah, the June shoot. And then it will be the Fresno Safari. Bam. Fresno Safari is also right before Redding. So get ready, guys. It's going to be like bam, 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 bam. Lots of, lots of outdoor and then just like that, over. I'll start getting back to indoor. <laughs> I think that's going to be my goal. I think my goal next year is just going to be able to beat all children. If I can beat all children, that'll put me in a good spot. Um, if I've repeated this in the past, I apologize. But it's one more thing that I want to give you guys to stay positive. And it's the, again, this is from the Huberman Lab where they're talking about skill acquisition and uh, the way for your brain is something I came across like a week ago. I love listening to the Huberman lab. You guys should check it out if you want, but if you don't want to, I'll, I'll just paraphrase it for you here. But uh, this guy's a scientist who's all about like human optimization, right? And uh, one of the things that he loves to harp on is skill acquisition. And he's talking about how to get good at things. And he doesn't say specifically what the thing is, right? So he's talking broadly, general, you know, broad generalizations. But if you want to get better at something, there's something called the 85% rule. And then the 85% rule is if you fail 15% of the time, the frustration makes your brain more plastic in learning to do the thing that you are trying to achieve. And... It goes against this thing that I had heard. I had heard like a long time ago that this guy that won Vegas. This is before we knew the pros, right? Who the pros were. This is back in the day where, you know, maybe some some older guys out there, like my buddy Jim, know who who these people are. But this guy shot Vegas. He won it, and he was. They were like, "How'd you win?" And it, like, "How did you practice for this?" He goes, "This is easy. It's so easy. Uh, I practice." shooting Vegas face at 25 yards. I do it all year, you know, I do it for six months or half the year or whatever. And then I come to Vegas and I got to shoot at 20 is a piece of cake. Now, I just heard this from somebody who said they heard it, so on and so forth. According to Huberman, that is bullshit. <laughs> he said it's actually harder. Well, maybe it's not bullshit. All right, maybe it's real. But it's actually harder to perfect a skill doing it that way. It's easier to lower the bar for yourself. All right. And what does that mean? It means you get closer, right? Yeah, it can definitely mean that. In my mind, the 85% rule, fail 15% of the time, I would say you adjust your score. Adjust your goal score, your target score by 15%. All right. And then 
work it out from there. Maybe you can do it from a distance, sure. But your goal is to get 85% of whatever the target goal is. All right. So let's say the uh let's say the goal is a Bodie Turner 330. 80% of that I'm sorry, 85% of that. That can't be right. Let's take it. Let's take 85% of uh a 300. 255. This sounds retarded. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't say retarded anymore. This sounds ridiculous. <laughs> this sounds like it's lacking a chromosome. Um, but no, no. Uh, 15% is like 10%. It's like one shot, basically. So you're going to do it a little bit at a time. You can also do it with distance, I guess, where you're 15% closer to the target. You know? I don't know. Basically, you make it easier for yourself so that you're almost perfect, right? You're 15% shy of perfect. That is going to be, it's going to give you the enough positive reinforcement you need for your brain to say, okay, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. And just enough negative to remind you what you're doing wrong. And so the, like what they found through all these studies is Failing and being frustrated and that whole like, oh, damn, that's actually good. It's good for you to learn that way. And you've heard me say on previous podcasts where I'm talking about repetition being the thing that how you get better. Just shoot a lot of arrows and your brain will sort the rest out. It's true. It's true. And when you miss and you go, damn, your brain is 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 hardwiring itself. Okay, this is where you fucked up. Bam, bam, bam. The next time you're up there, you're, I'm going to make you scared to do those fuck-ups again. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah. 85% slash 15% rule. You guys should work out a way to apply it. Maybe someone out there who knows math better than I can figure out how to apply it, the 85% rule to, uh, to a 300 round. It's not shooting a 255, though. Whatever math I, I just did, I don't like that. 255 is mm, no. <laughs> hey, maybe it's X count. Let's work out an X count. What's um 85% of a 30x game? Does anyone know? Boom, 26x. There it is. All right. And that's actually right where I'm struggling right now. I'm a, I'm a, like a 25x. I'm shooting 25x like pretty pretty consistently when I'm not shooting 299s. <sighs> anyway, so I hope that helps you guys. Um, I mean, it's been a great indoor season. Thank you guys, everyone f who is giving me props and saying that I helped you. Look at, I didn't fire the arrow for you. I didn't set up your arrow rest for you. All I did was talk, and you guys did the rest. So I think however Vegas plays out for all of us, um, give, your, give yourself a big pat on the back. And acknowledge the improvements you made this year. Because, uh, you know, maybe some of us old guys are still trying to keep our head above water. But some of you guys are improving. Alright, and I think that means a lot. Rudy's got this, um, my buddy Rudy Sandoval's got this ridiculous theory. Or a ridiculously stupid phrase he calls shot equity. Ugh, sounds like a banker's talking when he says it. But anyway, shot equity is actually kind of cool when you think about it is that the more shots you shots are like money that you're putting in the bank right every time you make a good shot you put a little bit of money in the bank and warren buffett smiles at you the more shot equity you get the more when you pick up your bow in the future it'll take you less time to figure out what you need to do to get it rolling you know or you set it up a certain way and you get it rolling and i'd, I'd like to think that I've graduated to this point of this being a mental game. I really think once you get up to a certain point, the bow, the arrows, all of it, it gets out of your way. And then it's just you focusing, making good shots. And I know that's like not sexy. It's not going to sell anything. But come on, guys. Like You know my show. How often am I trying to force you guys to buy anything other than a t-shirt? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Like it, this is truly about you, you know? This is the sport about you. So I'll tell you guys what I tell Tim. Just focus on yourself, right? Um and that's it. That's all that's all who that's who deserves your attention is you. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, on that same note, do not seek me out and tell me how bad you shot. All right. The first person that comes up to me and tells me how bad they shot, as if I'm their therapist, I will put my hand on your chest <laughs> and I will push you aside. Not violently, but as if I'm walking through some double doors. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep going. I'll go to the next positive person. All right. Keep that nonsense to yourself. We are not your therapist. And by me, by, by we, I mean all of us. All right. Complaining about why you, or, you know, the sob story of why you didn't shoot good is not going to do, is not going to make you better. Okay. What's going to make you better is swallowing it. Just suck it up, swallow it, and get to the fucking practice range. <laughs> if anyone still wants to shoot with me. <laughs> I'll be in those practice halls. You guys just let me know when to be there. Maybe we can get some money going, like a money, a side money pot, archery unfiltered money pot. Uh, and we'll shoot for a joint or something. Are joints legal in Nevada? I don't even know. Last I, last I heard it was like five to ten years or 30 to life or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been a somewhat of a filler episode with a couple of nuggets of semi-digestible bullshit. Um, again, you guys, Sunday is the Lancaster Classic uh, shoot-offs. I believe the Open Pro men start at 1. And, you know, I'm sure the women's shoot-off is going to be fucking dope as well. Um... I might try and cover it with a buddy. But, you know, if not, I urge you guys to go out there and watch it. You know? Uh, it's going to be awesome. See what you can learn just from watching these guys. My old coach used to really, like, uh, what's the word? Talk about the shot timing of good shooters. He said Rio Wild was really consistent with shot timing. So... You know, there's there's that. I like to I like to look at people's shooting and see how many different shots they take. Like some people have very consistent shot, you know, over and over and over again. Brian Webb, good example. Very consistent shot over and over again. But if you look at James Lutz in the twenty twenty Lancaster, at least three or four different shots came through that I saw him do over and over again. Not just one, but like three or four different shots. Schlosser's the same. Maybe two. Two different shots. But I that's the one thing I like picking out. How are these guys... Because it's not the same every time. Maybe the theory behind it's the same. But they're coming to their shots different ways. It's not like... Remember, the game's supposed to be repeatable. How repeatable are you? It's not just that. Alright? It's kind of like... Like you can see your destination off in the distance, right? How are you going to get there? You know... Maybe you're going on the path and the rain washes out that path. You got to go a different way. You know, I know you felt that when you're shooting, like you line up, you're getting ready to shoot. And right away that, that path is washed away. Well, it's still early in the shot. You don't have to let it down, right? You're still in control. So where's that path? I, 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 I see that a lot in these guys. Now, granted, if all the paths get washed away and you just, dive right in you're gonna drown and that's when you should be letting shots down but i think for the most part really good shooters got multiple shots that they can take like a deck of cards and uh they play those cards accordingly so anyway i hope these analogies aren't uh too far out in space they will be after vegas though <laughs> that's the other thing man <laughs> I, I really want to interview Caleb uh, Quiocho, and uh, I'm going to ask his dad, maybe in Vegas, if I can uh, interview him. 
But uh, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about interviewing a 13 or 14 year old when your show is full of curse words and drug references? It's like I got to ask him to be a guest on the show but not listen. <laughs> Tell his parents don't listen. <laughs> or just listen to this one episode. I'll do one clean episode, all right? Well, all right, guys. That's going to wrap it up. I might have one more indoor episode. Might not. I know. you. I, I'm going to do some podcasting when I'm in Vegas, you know, for sure. Um, but aside from that, we're coming to the end, guys. It's about to be sunny skies and fresh air and being grouped up with people you don't want to listen to talk. <laughs> not Not me personally. I love it. You guys talk about whatever you want. All right, guys. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, DB Custom Coatings are the sponsor. Check them out. They did a bow for Blake. Or at least someone Blake knows. Uh, Beth's got the American flag on her bow. Patriotic as hell. Um, man. It's time for me to get some Cerakoting done, huh? Trying to get some stickers made, so maybe stickers first and then some Cerakoting. Either way, it's going to be me exploiting my friend Darren for slave labor. You know. Uh, Carbon Craft Stabilizers, they're back. You guys, start placing some orders. These things are badass. I'm going to be rolling them in Vegas. I am actually selling my Easton bars now. It's a damn shame. Because at one time, these Easton bars I thought were... The one thing that could rival the Carbon Craft Bar. Mm, no, it's not true. Carbon Craft Bar is far superior. So, anyway. Selling the Eastern Bars. Uh, Carbon Craft, yay. Uh, gold Tip Arrows. You guys know. I'm not going to shill too hard. Because you know, people are going to start rolling their eyes. Let me ask you guys a question. How blasphemous is it to wear an Easton Quiver when you're sponsored by Gold Tip? On a scale from 1 to 10, I feel like that's like an 8.3. I feel like it's fairly blasphemous. Anyway, <laughs> just food for thought. All right. Um, you guys watched the Lancaster event. Tell me what you think about it. All right. Catch me in Vegas. Come get a T-shirt. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to offer this to anyone in Vegas. You can sh You can give me 20... <laughs> $25 for this shirt, right? Like, granted, I don't make any money on that shirt. Or you can sh shoot against me for one. <laughs> I'll shoot against you guys for a shirt, all right? All right. Y'all have a good night. It is Friday night. Tomorrow is Saturday. This is the last weekend before Vegas to get your practice in if you're not in Lancaster. Rock and roll, everybody. Peace. <laughs>